we're going to study one of his prayers from Romans chapter 1. So let's read Romans 1, 8 to 13. And as we do this, I want you to ask two questions. How does this teach us to pray? So how are we to pray? And secondly, what are we to pray? They're the two simple questions I want you to have in mind as we read. So let's read Romans 1, 8 to 13. Paul says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how I constantly remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. So very, very simply, very quickly, I have about seven minutes and I have six points. So we're just going to answer these two questions. How do we pray and what are we to pray? Here's the first thing. Paul prays, my God. Do you see that in verse 8? I thank my God. He doesn't just pray, I thank God, but he lays claim to God and he says, mine. See, this is the thing that undergirds every other aspect of prayer. It is a sturdy but precious truth that we can call the God of the universe mine. He is my God. You will find prayer tiresome and boring as long as God just remains a God or even just God. But tonight, church of prayer is exciting because we can pray my God, our God. Why wouldn't you come to a church of prayer meeting? That's an interesting question. Anyway, next, secondly, we pray through Jesus Christ. Do you see that in verse 8 again? I thank my God through Jesus Christ. The basic point is you, in and of yourself, have no right to access God in prayer. In fact, the horrendousness of your sin bars you from even saying thank you to the gods of this universe. This is not a human right, but the joy of the gospel is that in the Lord Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, God has acted not only to defeat the power and the penalty of sin, but to gift you the privilege of calling him mine. That is the joy through Jesus Christ to pray. So when we pray, it is not just good habit to pray in Jesus' name, amen. It is a vital habit. It is vital practice to pray through Jesus Christ. Don't just presume it. Don't just infer it. Say it in Jesus' name. Because otherwise we have no leg to stand on. Thirdly, let's keep going. Prayer, how is it? It is by God's will. Look at verse 10 with me. And we see Paul says, I pray that now at last by God's will. You guys know the prayers of the Lord Jesus, don't you? Remember when he taught his disciples to pray? What did he say? Your kingdom come, your will be done. What about when he prays in Gethsemane? He says, not my will, but yours be done. Prayer is always 
by God's will. It is not us imposing our ideas or our will on God. It is not us informing God of things he doesn't already know. But no, prayer comes clothed in humility. It comes saying, no, God's will is perfect. His purposes are always good. And it is always his will. And so that is why tonight I want to encourage us to pray with our Bibles open. Because it's in the Bible where God's will is revealed. I think a lot of us were taught as children, uh, eyes closed, hands together. Were you taught that? Actually, a much better practice for prayer is to pray eyes open, Bibles open. So we can pray by God's will. So when we come to pray, don't you dare close your Bible. Please, leave your Bible open, eyes open, Bibles open, so we can pray God's word. So there's three things how to pray. Let's move on to what to pray. We pray, my God, through Jesus Christ, by God's will. And here's three things. Paul starts with thanksgiving. That's obvious, isn't it? Verse 8, I thank my God. Do you ever struggle with opening lines in emails or just when you meet someone? Uh, Prayer can be the same thing. Let me gift you your opening line. Thanks. (laughs) Count your blessings. Look for evidences of God's grace and say thank you. That's a great place to start. What, now, here's the surprise in this passage. Remember the ministry training? We were looking for surprises. Here's the surprise. Ask the question, for what is Paul thankful? Do you see that? What is Paul thankful for? Anybody? Their faith. Do you see that? He's thankful for their faith. But, next question, to whom is, God, is Paul thankful? To God. Well done, Paul. Uh, he is... He is thankful for their faith, but he is not thankful to them. He is thankful to God. You see that even their faith is an evidence of God's gracious generosity. That is who we thank, because even faith is a gift from him. So, first thing, thankfulness. Second thing, he prays for gifting. Now, you may think, no, 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 Andy, he doesn't pray for gifting. He prays that he would, you would open a door. Well, yes, but no, because you see, the opening of a door is actually only a means to another end. Do you see that in verse 11? Why does he pray that he wants a door open? So that you may, I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Do you see that? He wants them to have a gift imparted to them. We don't know what that gift is. I don't even think Paul does. That's why he says some spiritual gift. He's not met the Romans yet. He doesn't know what they need but he does know it needs to make them strong and it needs to encourage them those two things infer that they're having hard times doesn't it when i need strength it is because there is someone stronger than me and i am weak when i need encouragement it is because i am discouraged and so paul prays because he knows that actually the source of strength and encouragement come from him alone no offense you are not encouraging enough for me when i am discouraged (laughs) Just as I am not strong enough for you when you are weak. That's why we pray. Because we pray to one who is able. Who is strong. So we pray. Um, So that is the second thing, gifting. And then the final thing. Do you see he prays for a harvest? He says, verse 13, we pray so that I may have a harvest among you. Now, just 
do a bit more work on your own. Have a look. What is the common thing between the thanksgiving and Paul's prayer, prayer request? You see the, the common thread in there? In verse, let's have a look at verse 8 and verse 12. What is the common thing Paul is praying for? Do you see it? There's a repeated word. It is the word faith. That is Paul's priority in their prayer. Paul doesn't pray that the youth group would have a really fun time. Paul doesn't pray that the kids would progress successfully through the Roman education of the day. That is not to, think those, not to say those things are unimportant, but it is to say Paul has priorities when he prays. And Paul's priorities are faith. Faith in the justifying, redeeming, wrath-satisfying work of Christ. Prayer, like anything else in our lives, needs priorities. And so it's almost as if, well, Lord, even if my kids flunk all their exams, please give them faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if my friend doesn't win that battle against cancer, please preserve his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the priority. And so Paul's prayer is for a harvest. You see that? Verse 13, so that I might have a harvest among you. He's not after a lifetime supply of wheat bix it's not his five a day. He just knows that his experiences brings with it certain expectations. When he preaches the gospel, fruit happens. Imagine a farmer who sows his seeds one month and goes to collect it and a couple of months later and is surprised that something has grown in his fields. That is a foolish, forgetful farmer. So Paul knows that when he preaches the gospel, fruit happens. Christians get strengthened, not unbelievers get saved. So later on, as we pray for the International Fellowship, as we pray for the University Christian Missions, we're engaging in a really exciting work this morning. Because when God's gospel is preached, fruit happens. A harvest is collected. Do you see the language Paul uses? Let me finish with this. I long to see you. I wonder what you're longing for. And prayer often reveals your deepest longings. I wonder tonight if we can long for something better than, something bigger than a better job. Something bigger than a successful university application. Something bigger even than a healthy lifestyle. But to long for a harvest. To say, Lord, we just long that in Edinburgh, there would be a harvest where Christians are strengthened and unbelievers are saved. That's our longing, isn't it? To pray for a harvest. So it is to my God, through Jesus Christ, in God's will. And it is to pray, thanks, Lord, please give us the right things for strength and encouragement. And it is to pray for a harvest. So we're going to pray. We're going to have